here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag Smackdown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. I'm not one to look behind. I know that times must change. But over there in Berrytown, they do things very strange. And though you're not my enemy, I like things like they used to be. Steely Dan, Berrytown. Hey guys, Abushi and Naito were pretty great on night one of uh, the G1. Kind of disheartening week for my opinion of the mothership. Another tag team split up, talking smack canceled, and you have Emma and Summer Rae blowing up Twitter about their lack of use, while company officials complained the competitors in the Mae Young Classic weren't model hot. All that, our battleground preview and glow episode three, tonight on Shake Them Ropes. Which brings me to this... Announcement concerning Shake Them Ropes. Uh-oh. Back in 1986, when I was a 13-year-old, walking the crime-ridden streets of Newport News, I had dreams and hopes and passions <laughs> about uh, about wrestling and whatnot. And Then I was abducted by an alien. And I was probed <laughs> by an alien. And I huh. came back to Earth, and I found out I was pregnant. I don't and, buy this and, at all. And two months later, I had an ass baby. And I had to give what? up that ass baby for, for adoption. And I didn't see it for a long, long time. Until about three years ago, I finally reconnected with my baby. And Rob, I could be more proud of you right now. You've grown up to be such a good, good man. And, and I wish I could have been there for you. All those years when you were struggling. But just know, you can call me dad at any time. I don't buy (laughs) any of this. None of this is accurate. It's more accurate than the Jason Jordan story, though. I don't know if that's true. First of all, this Jason Jordan, as Kurt Angle's kid, is brilliant. It is a phenomenal idea. It's going to get two guys over. Two guys who were going nowhere. Wait, two guys who wait, weren't getting you over. You think that this is going to get them over? Now, look. Oh, look. this is this is the best. This is a better scenario than where they were for both Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. And you know what? Going to light a little fire under Kurt Angle too. Th- this is Let's where the real. disconnect comes between you and I and our fandom here, because I'm right and wrong. I, I, well, I'm not arguing that point necessarily. I'm arguing. Oh yeah, I'm arguing. It's impossible to. <laughs> I'm arguing the point, look, as stated by someone else on Twitter more eloquently than myself, making wrestlers that aren't related parts of families to help enrich their character is a territory staple for decades and millennials. 
you know, Arn Anderson was not really an Anderson by relation, but they brought in a guy by the name of Martin Lundy who had been doing jobs in the Mid-South Territory, said he looked like an Anderson, so they made him an Anderson. You know, Lance Von Erich. Uh, downtown Bruno and Sid were cousins of the Fuller families in Continental, if I recall correctly. But all these were done in service of getting over a certain image of a guy that was unknown at the time. And and in terms of, I think also their in-ring work, or at least how crowds should respond to them. To me, the disconnect here is that, number one, Jason Jordan's already a known commodity. No, false. And number, that's where that's where you're and, wrong right okay, there. He's okay, not. well, let me go to my stronger point then. This is probably going to be for backstage goofy segments and jokes of some oh. kind as opposed to getting him over in front of a crowd I so. wrestling, I think. I don't know. I don't think so, man. Oh, I. This is uh, Jason Jordan's not going to start off as the best wrestler on Raw by any means. No. Uh, but Kurt Angle is your father. Okay. Kurt Angle's his daddy. Yeah. Kurt Angle. What's going to happen here is Kurt Angle's going to coach and keep pushing his son. Put him in situations he probably doesn't belong in yet. Before you know it, you're going to see Jason Jordan and Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman's going to kick his ass for three months. And then all of a sudden, Jason Jordan's going to get a big win at a Survivor Series. Go on to the Royal Rumble. Not win. But look respectable. Have a good showing. Okay? Big WrestleMania match. Big WrestleMania match. Who better to have a WrestleMania match against your dad? See if you can really get pushed against your father, Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan. WrestleMania main event. Well, let's... I Semi main event. Well, okay, but... but Qu- Quarter main event. Okay. So, so here's, so okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. With that, right, so far, Kurt Angle being so far, Kurt, Angle, no Kurt Angle being GM is a problem because then it becomes about the office politics of the GM giving his kid the, oh, the choices. You know they're Jeez. going into all that. You know that, and you know Booker no. Booker T is going to be involved in this somehow. I bet. No, it here's, may be Jordan okay. and Booker T at some point. That may be the match because Angle is not going to get cleared. What the hell Angle, are you doing? Angle what are you is, going into? Angle is not going to get cleared for a wrestling match. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. A, I don't. I don't think a Kurt Angle versus Jason uh, Jordan match is necessarily going to happen. Well, you said it. But so. let, let's start from the beginning here. Okay? okay. Okay. Jason Jordan is the son of Kurt Angle. All right. Newest member of Raw. They've split up American Alpha. For all you crying about, oh no, American Alpha split up. It's for the best. Okay. The tag team was going nowhere. The tag teams on SmackDown are going nowhere. Right now, the number one contenders for the tag team titles are the New Day. Okay, that's great. Behind them, nobody. The Ascension. Okay, Fandango and Tyler Breeze are probably the second most popular tag team on SmackDown right now. That division is not going anywhere. Chad Gable. Chad Gable has the chance now, breaking off on his own. He's thrown to the wolves. He's had the match with AJ. He's had the, he's had the spot against Kevin Owens. This is a guy who can creep up become a uh, an upper mid-card singles wrestler, eventually maybe getting a main event slot on SmackDown, because let's face it, Jinder Mahal is the world champion, and Baron Corbin's probably going to be the contender at SummerSlam or beyond at some point this year. I still hold out hope. Not hope, but I made a... Uh, I went like 99%. I thought Baron Corbin was going to be the world champion on SmackDown at some point, and that's looking more likely by the day. But back to the original point, Chad Gable, this is best for him. He's now in a single spot. He's going to have better opportunities on SmackDown than being pigeonholed in the tag team division that's getting no importance right now. Jason Jordan, 
This guy moves over to Raw. He has only seen one thing in his career so far that it's taken that has taken him to the main level, that has taken him to popularity, and that was this tag team with Chad Gable. But that got him to the show. It's not going to keep him on the show. He had to move. Eventually, Jason Jordan had to be the single star. And now they're giving him all the opportunity. People will look at him as a bigger deal now that he is in the storyline with Kurt Angle. Now that he is Kurt Angle's child. People will respect him a little bit more. Say what you will about how goofy this may be. People will see Jason Jordan as a bigger deal because of this. And he will get opportunities. And the best part is that he can go to Raw and he doesn't have to win every match. He doesn't have to be great. They can make a storyline out of this where Kurt Angle tries to get him to be great, but he's not there right away. This is not another guy on Raw who has to win every match and you're just bored with him and he won't get the Roman Reigns heat because of it. And he will be an eventual single star. He's going to need a charisma infusion because it was was Gable that gave him the the charisma in this tag team. I agree. But if he was stuck in that tag team with Chad Gable, it holds Chad Gable down and it it doesn't really do anything outside of getting Jason Jordan to the show. So now you have to do something further and they're giving him the opportunity. Is it the best possible storyline? Probably not, but oftentimes you just have to run with what you're given. Not everything is going to be the best possible storyline. You see where it goes. And now he's in a thing with a hall of famer, Kurt Angle. He will be seen by the audience as a bigger deal because your very first point that you threw out there about Jason Jordan being a known commodity I mean, the guy was doing pre-show matches on SmackDown. This this was not a guy who's a superstar at any stretch. No, right no, now. I didn't say superstar. I just said known commodity as opposed to a guy that had never been on TV. So you can give him that fresh start. He has the albatross around his neck, so to speak, of being a guy that's been on TV a while that didn't get over. Well, here's his first opportunity, really, in my mind, okay. to get over on his own. And when I say on his own, he's going to be a singles guy. Yes, he's got the Kurt Angle thing going for him. And some may say that's a bad thing. Some may say that's helpful. I say it's helpful. And and I don't have to be, we don't have to do the storyline where the GM is pulling strings for Jason Jordan. Just that he's putting him in opportunities. And Jason Jordan might stumble a bit. He might fail. He, He won't be the next Roman Reigns right now. And that will end up getting him more over. Is if he struggles and people get behind him. It, it depends on what they do from here. I, I'm not closing the door on this by any means. It, obviously, the execution is going to be key here. It's going to be very important. Yes, this is. And this is, Jason Jordan goes heel out of all this. this. Is, well, I think know. eventually he does because he gets bitter at Angle for not being there or whatever, and eventually turns on his daddy or whatever. But uh, you gave the clarion call of all WWE fans. If they do this right, um, <laughs> yes or no, he's in the main event picture by this time next year. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I would say that for almost everyone. Okay. <laughs> At some point, everyone's going to get a chance. I mean, Jinder Mahal's in the main event. You have Baron Corbin up there. What's what's the Raw main event of the most recent pay-per-view? It was Samoa Joe in the main event. I don't think Sami Zayn will ever see the main event again. Uh, well, you never know. <laughs> Sami Zayn gets title matches all the time. I didn't see the match with Mike Kanellis on SmackDown tonight mm. with uh, Sami Zayn. How did that go? It wasn't bad, but uh, it, it's one. Who won? Um, Canellis did. Yeah. When, when, yeah. This is match when, number one, everybody. When, when by the, remember from the show? Remember the show from a couple of weeks yes. ago yeah. when we guessed 
how many times these two would wrestle on pay-per-view and SmackDown television. This is just match number well, one, fellas. It wasn't even, this a, one's it wasn't a, even a strong win. It was one of those where Maria runs into the ring to protect him. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have to get another one. Mm-hmm. And then a pay-per-view match. And then another match after that. Oh, yes. It's happening. Oh, these guys are wrestling a lot, fellas. And Sami Zayn will not win the program. Nope. No, he will not. Mr. Mike Kanellis is going to run away with this program here. I, I like the move of Jason Jordan to Raw. I like the move that he's going to get a singles push. I like the move that you don't, in this storyline, have to make him a world beater right away. And I like it for both guys that they're no longer a tag team. Were they awesome as a tag team? Yes. Are they better off not being in a tag team? Both of them are. This is a net positive for both guys. And now it gives Kurt Angle something to do other than just being bewildered at everything that he sees on TV each week. Oof. He's he's not very good in his role as GM in my opinion. I don't know if he's bad in his role. It's just what they've done with him is made him too much comedy. Yes. The best part about Kurt Angle was he was a badass and he would do comedy sometimes. Mm -hmm. They have made him into goofy Kurt Angle and that's all he is because you can't be badass Kurt Angle right now. You can't get in the ring. You can't do anything. He's neutered. So now it's strictly full comedy Kurt Angle looking bewildered at Braun Strowman's damage, looking bewildered at text messages, looking bewildered at Bailey demanding a cane match, giving it to her, and then she's afraid to use the cane. Mm-hmm. The, I, I think this is a net positive. Now, of course, the execution is big. I'm not trying to be, oh, if WWE does it right. But for those saying this is too silly or goofy or unbelievable, I'm not there. I think this is a potential good for both guys, for Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. All right, I'll let you be hopeful for both both of us then. Be hopeful. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, it's already it's already turned out. Uh, I've also seen people like there's no way that uh, they had this plan when the angle started. There's no way they thought Jason Jordan was going to be the guy at the end, and I think that's completely untrue. Uh, they they obviously had this plan for Jason Jordan. They had taken him off TV for the last month. It's been Chad Gable in the singles for the last month. They knew that what they were doing. You, you know what the, the way out of this is, if, if it doesn't work, is that Kurt Angle also had another affair, and he's also Chad Gable's father. <laughs> you two are brothers. You can team now. <laughs> it leaves doors open. Like, Chad Gable was so upset. Like, this can't be, this can't be. So he goes into the history books. He tries to discover the truth, and he finds out in the process <laughs> that he is indeed Kurt Angle's son, too. And Jason Jordan and here are brothers. And then dance, yeah. yeah, and then then it'll be like the Dudley boys in ECW. Uh, why not? It, it is. Everybody's an angle I, eventually. If everyone becomes an angle, <laughs> that would be the best in in all scenarios. Everyone's an angle. Kurt Finn Angle. Oh, Bray Angle. Kurt, yeah. Kurt Angle with a C. Curtis Angle. Face the facts. You're my father. It's hilarious how <laughs> Curtis. Curtis Axel couldn't be Kurt Axel. Mm. But then, you know, Kurt Hawkins just just come back and it's Kurt Hawkins. Why not? Yeah. And you have Kurt Angle on the show. There's too many Curtises. There's too many things happening there. (laughs) This whole Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel thing isn't working. They're third generation superstars, don't you know? Even though they don't share names. So (laughs) who the hell cares? Yeah. Who the hell cares? I liked the beatdown, though. I liked I thought that was kind of cool. The chair beatdown I thought was good on Monday. I mean, it may not be doing anything for you character-wise, but, you know, it, it's basically to get Ambrose and uh, Rollins something to do, so. 
They have been, uh, what's really interesting with WWE the last couple of years, ever since the uh, Shield breakup, is you had Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns on the same side. You had Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins even seeing eye to eye for a short period of time. And now you have Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins seeing eye to eye. We have not seen all three back together yet, but they have done a really good job of keeping them apart enough. Well, they did. To where sure, at, at, at a time, two of them, you know. Well, they did that one time. Together. They did that one time when they, Rollins was still a heel, but... Uh, no, mm-hmm. I, I I saw complaints this week about how they, look, they were chanting for, for, for Reigns. Why didn't they send Reigns out there? And Because they're pushing Reigns as a rugged individualist yep. with, right. with ruthless aggression. Cause he, it's not cause his he's, time yet. He's a star. He's not like these two. It's not two. his time yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, eventually, you will get the three of them back together. And it will be a huge deal. It will be a very big deal. And it will finally give Dean Ambrose something to do that would be somewhat interesting. Although Dean Ambrose is not terrible on Raw. Yeah. Not terrible. Wow, this coming from you. Not terrible. Mm. He, was, uh, he was okay. I liked it. He was all right. I liked the Steely Dan. I thought that was, you know, that was amusing to me, being a Steely Dan fan. Uh, let's go over the two things I had in the rundown, and then you can go over whatever you want. Um, any thoughts on Talking Smack being canceled? Talking Smack is canceled. Uh, to me... It could have a lot to do with maybe Vince just didn't like the show. They thought it was too inside. It wasn't keeping to storylines well enough. He didn't want to get people vulnerable and make them say the wrong thing. Uh, Part of it could very well be that they have an idea for that Tuesday night block, that they want to make that block a live action, whether it's going to be the UK show, whether it's going to be a women's division show. Uh, They could do 205 Live and a second show and not have the talking smack there because it's all going to be an in-ring block. There's a lot of factors that could have gone into it. We don't know all of it yet. Am I going to miss the show? There were moments. I mean, I didn't watch the show every week, but when there were a cool moment and they showed them on YouTube, I would go back and watch the clips or I'd go back and watch the episode if uh, if The Miz was on it. But let's let's face it. The Miz was also part of the reason why that show was great. And he's not there anymore. Oh, I, so I am would. I going, I, am I going to miss it? I'm not going to miss it. I will miss it terribly because it was always must see for by the week, even when. It was at its best when Daniel Bryan was on because there was that that, right. that being the cheeky troll, but it developed a lot of talent and helped them focus quite a bit, in my opinion. I mean, not just Miz, but Alexa Bliss, Mojo Raleigh, the Usos in this heel character bit, Baron Corbin did, did great on that show. It really, you know, when 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 they could let loose a little bit and find their character a little bit better, it really helped those guys quite a bit. It was like watching a, a one hour promo workshop, so to speak. So I really enjoyed it. You'd always get an occasional nugget of truth on the show, which I always appreciated because I find the scripting so stilted. And I think creatively there are certain people that that kind of, that kind of environment where they're free to explore character, I think is very, rewarding for certain people does it work for everybody no not at all i mean i could do without ever seeing naomi on on that show ever again for example but here's what i think happened i don't think vince watched the show so i don't think he got the context of all these people that like especially like alexa bliss who was helped immensely by talking smack I, I, so I don't think he saw the positives that, say, Triple H and everybody else were pushing for on this show. He went and saw that last show with meandering Shane not being very charismatic and, you know, 
acting drunk on on set and said this is this is meandering and has no point and i could see it from his point of view as that kind of that writer director auteur you know in 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 hollywood and on certain shows certain shows are collaborative and certain shows are run by quote-unquote geniuses who say you have to do every word as spoken on the script because that's my vision and that's what I want. And that's the kind of guy Vince is. And he watched this show and he watched it really kind of trying to find a point somewhere in there and trying to get to where it was going and and just thought, this is going to end up looking bad on my product and my vision and what I want for these characters. So I'm just going to cut it right now and we'll have the special shows after the pay-per-views, but... You know, to me, I also compared it to watching a very bad improv show where you're watching, you know, if you go to improv, it could be very self-indulgent. It could be very boring to people who aren't improvisers. So, I mean, I understand from Vince's point of view why he may have watched that show and gone, what's the point of this? I'm pulling the plug on it. I I can see that. I, I, I don't. I don't know about your points about UK show and women's shows, because it seems to me that they have a lot of great ideas that they haven't followed up on, like that UK show that God knows what's happening with that right now. Yeah, we haven't seen those guys for a while. We haven't seen Tyler Bate. We haven't seen Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne won the title at TakeOver and has been absent, been nowhere. Yeah, we see them on the occasional NXT. I mean, that's about it. Well, no, he hasn't. He has not been on NXT That's TV true. since he won the title. Yeah, he's been defending he it. In a, anything. He's been defending it in a barn in in the UK. Yeah, it's it's been it's been strange. So whatever the ideas are, they they might have something for that Tuesday. I mean, they're still going to do Talking Smack after the uh, Battleground pay per view and SmackDown pay per views. So it's not going away forever. No. What's been what's odd is that they uh, they announced Jerry Lawler as the host for it Oof. on the post Battleground no show. No thanks. No, thank yeah, you. Do that, not want. Uh, I thought JBL wasn't great, but I'll take him over Lawler anytime. I mean, Booker at least had fun from time to time. But th- no, I do not want Jerry Lawler on this show. I, no, I've watched him me, on if you don't, Raw Talks. He's terrible on mm-hmm. those two. If you don't have Renee Young hosting, it's not worth it. Charlie does a fine enough job on when she well, was doing raw the raw talk, yeah. i mean for for talking for talking smack renee young needs to be the host i agree because she has a certain <laughs> put upon this by doing in, in in her character that's really a lot of fun to watch especially when say Miz goes Miz would go after dean i thought i thought you know and and the, the connection there and you can tell she's legit uncomfortable talking about it on the air i, I thought that that added a nice little twist to it yeah no she has a certain character to her where she's overwhelmed by the situation, but at the same time, she's completely in charge. That's uh, very endearing. Could just be that it was too loose. Vince didn't that, like how loose it was. That's exactly what I meant. That No, that was yeah. exactly my point. He watched this and goes, look, I could script something more genius than this and get to the point, but you guys are just kind of going around willy-nilly trying to find something interesting. Screw this. I'm cutting it. Yeah. All right. Point number three complaints this week or rumored complaints reports of complaints from officials quote unquote that the may young classic competitors while the wrestling all reports seem to say that the matches were quite good this week during the tapings not pretty enough rob not pretty enough is this just 
I mean, we we know the usual suspects who would say things like this, but is this just old way thinking without thinking about what women's wrestling should mean to this card, or is this just us thinking women's wrestling is going to be important to this company when really it's a branding mechanism and they're looking for the spectacular, the the really hot chick to put out there in commercials and products and things of that nature. Are we just are, are this whole women's revolution thing? We 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 criticize it from time to time about just ba- basically being a vehicle for Stephanie to go out there and get good PR. Is this just falling back into divas type of thinking, or it's a little bit of that? I mean, it's a little bit of Vince and Kevin Dunn. Yeah. I, I think what happened is they want the the Divas Revolution. They were talked into it by Stephanie, by uh, Triple H, uh, mounting pressure from fans because that's what the fans wanted to see. But they had a lot of beautiful women athletes who are great in the ring, and they could do it. They had you know superstars down in NXT who fit all the previous criteria that Vince McMahon wanted, but they happened to be really good at pro wrestling, so they could bring it up. It was the right time. What I think happens here is Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn see this women's tournament and they weren't ready for just the vast number of women that were out there and also a large ratio in their mind, okay, a large ratio in their mind that they may not consider to be WWE diva-esque, right? So they, they have Becky Lynch in there, they have Charlotte, they have Sasha Banks, and they're thinking, okay, these meet. The the criteria we wanted out of our divas on WWE TV, and they do, and they're really good at wrestling. We can really put a lot of effort behind this. But when they see a large number in this women's tournament that maybe don't fit what their pre-existing thinking was, they get turned off by it. Like, what are we doing here if we're going to have a large number of, of characters we don't see as WWE TV worthy? Here, all at the same show, they're going to get soured on it in a way. Um, and again, they're thinking that's that's what I have to imagine. Their thinking is is they were soured on this when they saw how many were involved and the type of athletes yeah, that were involved. Real, real athletic women, as opposed to just you know fitness model competitors. But is there a disconnect also between the talent that's currently in this women's division and what they want it to be, and what Vince McMahon wants it to be? Because you you see all the notes well, yeah, and you yeah. saw all the all the all the social media from the talent that was at the tapings and they're like, man, I'd really like to wrestle this girl. I'd really like to wrestle this girl. Oh, it'd be so cool to have a feud with this person. And they really want this women's division to be something good and a positive for the quote unquote sport, so to speak. Even including Charlotte. I mean, even the ones who who the company really has a shine for, they want to be seen as legitimate. And they're pushing for their division to be legitimate. And it seems like management is tone deaf to this thinking. Now, they want to be pushed as legitimate, but look who they're they're pushing on television right now. Lana. Lana. I, they You got to still fit a certain criteria for them. A- right? Emma, and, uh, Emma and Summer Rae are model hot, supposedly. They walk well, the red carpet, right? but, but they're Emma, not Emma was about to get Emma was about to get a huge push, and what happened? They were soured on her because she couldn't play hot. Yeah, I, I just, I, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird that they, that, that, that the main roster guys that 
you know, are the usual suspects got involved with something that was this network related. Was it, was it panic because of, of the disconnect between two Oh five live and the, and the cruiserweight classic? I don't know. But think if, think if the Emelina character had worked two of the main focuses right now on TV would have been Emelina and Lana and tell me that they, you know, they're the honeymoon about the divas revolution is over and they're back into a mix of this divas revolution and what they want women on WWE TV to be. Do you think that they push Emma Lena if that character exists as an in-ring competitor or as a personality? Yeah, I think they'd be doing somewhat similar to what they're doing with Lana. I mean, she would have been at the top of the game. She probably would have been beating Bailey. Do you you think Lana's long for this division on SmackDown? I don't think so. I I think eventually you put Rusev and Lana back together. That's just it. That's just the the weird thing. You want these these Eva Marie types who, you know, and... Look, I had a lot of respect for Eva Marie, and she tried to get better. She worked her tail off. And she, she did get better. And she, got, and she was an interesting she, character she, at the end when she got suspended. She got to a certain level. But she's yeah. not going to be able to get to that. These types aren't necessarily going to be able to get to that legitimate level. You know, the, the, the type that the people working the shimmer and the stardoms and the shines, you know, are going to get to. They're going to get to the WWE level. And... For for the company, that's okay, but for a division that wants more out of themselves to be these types of trailblazers that are eventually remembered by future generations, I think there's a certain level of frustration there. I think there's going to be, too. Uh, Even when you're getting somewhat of a push, there's going to be frustration. Look at Sasha Banks. Yeah. And- Continuously frustrated on Twitter, and she's been the focus of the division for the last two years. <laughs> Last two years, it's been her and Charlotte. Those two. I mean, when you have so not Bailey not everyone's going to be frust- happy. Bailey getting frustrated. I mean, it, I mean, you could hear that on the Steve Austin show. She's she's obviously like, I don't understand why they don't get my character, and I don't know what suggestions I could make to change it. And, and it's just one of those things where you're like, man, it seems like you have to be in a certain archetype, or else they just have no idea what to do with you. I am I am more excited now about this May Young classic. Oh, I am too. I am I am looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to that finals for sure. Um I mean they put four of the best in that finals. Yeah. Four of the most interesting. Uh, four, for sure. four, four of the most interesting. And I and I thought they We won't spoil it. We no, won't we spoil won't it. won't spoil I don't it. Talk about the spoilers, but but I'll but I'll but. put it this way. I thought they were gonna switch dance partners on the final four. <laughs> and 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 have it they there was a natural story there to tell, but uh they surprised me, and they surprised me at who they put it, who they chose. At least one of them. One of them. It'll be cool. Yeah. it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that uh, May Young Classic, and we'll talk about it on Shake Them Ropes when that comes in. Otherwise, on WWE TV this week, I mean, we had the push to Battleground. We're going to preview this Battleground show because it's coming up this Sunday. Otherwise, I don't know. It was a uh, it was a week of TV. I mean, they did the thing with Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. Uh, I thought it was going to be a pretty straightforward match, and then Braun Strowman gets involved. So that's not over. Braun did show up. He is done. He is no longer the drifter. He is uh, he is back. Um, what about this drifter uh, Finn Balor match? You know what? That was cool. And then he absolutely murdered Finn Balor's head. Fascinating. The guys they choose to protect, but the drifter is tall and he's big, so <laughs> he fits he's in tall, the he's big. He's tall, he's big, he gets the uh, DQ loss uh, with the guitar shot. He, swings, he then, swings a mean guitar the wrong way to hurt right. people, yeah. 
And then and then Finn Balor just moves right on to Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So that's that's next for him. Uh, what happens next for Elias Sampson? I don't know. Jason Jordan. Could be. Could be, and that wouldn't be too bad either. That wouldn't be too bad either, because, yeah, eventually we need something to do for Jason Jordan. Does Jason Jordan get a singles match on SummerSlam? Because if so, that SummerSlam card's going to have 19 matches on it. If he is, he's on the pre-show. I think he's just going to be in backstage vignettes sitting along with Kurt. He's Kurt Angle's arm candy now? Well, you know, he's going to be the guy, you know, Kurt's going to be teaching him the business and having him follow him around and then giving him guidance before he goes to the ring. But you know what? I'm the GM right now. I can't go to the ring with you. Shave the facial hair. Shave it all. Hmm. Looks ridiculous. Who's? Jason Jordan. He had facial hair? He's got the uh, he's got the half goatee, the, the soul patch, I believe it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, get rid of that. You're better than that, Jason Angle. You're better than that. <laughs> uh... The, the one thing that stood out for me on Raw, at least, uh, props to Dash Wilder and his mad bumping skills for the Hardys. I thought he he went above and beyond the call of duty to make those those moves look uh, fantastic. WWE Battleground yes. coming up this Sunday. It is uh, it is coming fast. Uh, what do you think about this pre-show match? Ty Dillinger. And Aiden English, a match several, several weeks in the making. Three minutes and an easy Ty Dillinger win. I think it's going a little bit longer because right now it's the only pre-show match. Ah. The only one. So maybe a good, uh, maybe a good eight, eight, eight or nine. Uh, Ty Dillinger has to win. Ty Dillinger has done nothing. Aiden English has done nothing. Uh, Aiden English, I don't see ever doing anything. No, he's the cl- he's the clown that gets crushed. He's the Kurt Hawkins of SmackDown. He is the Kurt Hawkins of SmackDown. That is absolutely true. That is him right now. But what is Ty Dillinger? I mean, Ty Dillinger is, uh, I mean, doing nothing himself. I mean, here he is beating the clown. He's is a- he he Slater right now? Um, with no tag team partner, so at least he can he can't even get into the tag team scene. He is Sami Zayn without as much goodwill. Okay. All right, he's the uh, he's the Sami Zayn of SmackDown. Even though Sami Zayn right now is the Sami Zayn of SmackDown, I think he's going to be the guy that they uh, they rebuild Corbin with after Corbin loses to Nakamura. All right, interesting thought. Uh, we get into the main show right now. We don't know who they're going to wrestle yet, but Fandango and Tyler Breeze, Breezango, finally meet. Who has been destroying their office? We thought it was the Ascension. No, it's not the Ascension. Ascension just wanted to be booked on the pay-per-view. Smart guys. Good for them. Who? Who? Who, I say. Who? Who? Will challenge (laughs) Brizongo right now uh, for nothing, really. Just just pity points. A spot on the pay-per-view show. Because right now we don't have American Alpha. They're gone. We don't have another tag team because Ascension, it can't be them two times in a row. Are we getting a tag team from NXT? Are we getting a tag team put together of just two dudes? What what's going to happen here? Are you sure it's it's just not going to be? Are you sure they're wrestling and just not doing a comedy sketch to wrap all this up? Because my thing was just it's going to be P.S. Hayes. P.S. Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a famous tag team that P.S. Hayes once managed? The Hardys. 
Oh, oh, now we're getting into somewhere here. I don't think the Hardys are jumping the SmackDown. No, for, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, I would imagine they're going to wrestle. Um, Wikipedia says they're wrestling, so it has to be true, right? I could fully expect this to be Mojo and Zack Ryder. Ah, oh, oh, interesting. Or the Ascension Mojo in costumes. And a, uh, um, Mo. What about Mojo with a different partner? The colognes in a costume. Um, it could, oh, you know. the colognes. I forgot about them. <laughs> although, they, although them and the Ascension have already been in enough of these bits. So, um, oh, they, they have absolutely been in too many of the bits. What about uh, what if it is the Singh brothers? I can take that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. And you know what? That would get them out of the uh, Punjabi prison match. But, you know, they're going to be bumping like madmen in that one. The uh, The preview. On WWE.com, the fashion police are about to close their biggest and coldest case. Who attacked Brizongo? Who trashed their office? Are ghost aliens real? Wait, I got All it. All will be I got revealed it. I got this it. Sunday. Big and cold. It's Heidenreich. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's happening. No. Yeah, I guess they have not announced that they're in a match. They just said all will be revealed Sunday at Battleground. They may not be in a match. It may not be in a match, but who I do people care? Do people care who it's going to be? Like, I know, I know everyone's entertained by these Brizongo segments, but do people actually care who it is? Does it matter? No, it's going to be a punchline. I think that's why I don't think it leads to an angle. I think it's, it's, it's someone they've been picking on, on this board. So it's either him or Tony Chimmel. I don't know. You know, I just, I don't know who else. I don't expect a tag team from from NXT. Do you, do you think a tag team that ripped the head off of a stuffed horse is really the the foundation for a feud of some kind? Uh, not a long program, but introducing new characters. I mean, maybe. as a legitimate tag team that would then destroy no. Brizongo and get over. No, it's going to be a punchline of some kind. It's the Bella Twins. Good lord. <laughs> AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. AJ is defending the WWE United States Championship. We talked about this one last week. You think that Kevin Owens is winning it back? No. I think there's no chance in hell. I didn't say that. You did? You did last week. Let's go to the tape. Uh, This is a dramatization about Jeff Hawkins' (laughs) thoughts last week on the U.S. title match. So, Rob, I I think Kevin Owens is going to win it back, and I think there's uh, no doubt that Kevin Owens wins it back. And you know what else? You are right. The Usos are useless. That that was a dramatization. That's that the, was that's you. The, you know last what that week, is? Sir. That's the best shake them ropes theater you've ever done. That was uh, that was you. Oh. And that was my perfect. I mean, most people probably heard that and thought, "Why is Jeff Hawkins saying this again?" We heard it last week because my impression was so good. Oh yeah, it was money. It was so good. Well, you are my. Son, I am a master of so voice, so you should be able to do it. Uh, AJ is going to win. <laughs> he is going to keep the championship. Kevin Owens is very sad. Does Kevin Owens? My big question to you, and this is what everyone wants to know. Will Kevin Owens eventually walk on his own face on the entrance ramp? No. Uh, let me ask you something. Am I being overly cynical here in thinking that there might have been more to the Kevin Owens losing the, the belt than just being at MSG and wanting to do it for a big house show? Or is this part of the whole Vince McMahon is now reorganizing and getting serious about this ratings drop so he doesn't want a title on a guy that isn't in the mold of a guy he wants a title on? 
Uh, no. Okay. You are okay. thinking about too much. Uh, so they just wanted to do a little surprise. They wanted AJ with the belt. That's to fine. To give the big win on MSG. I wasn't sold on that. I was just, it was just kind of a nagging feeling. Well, maybe there's something more. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know what Kevin Owens does after this. The bigger question, Jason Jordan might have a better odds or might have better odds of winning or at least being in a match at SummerSlam than Kevin Owens does at this point. Because you're not going to do Kevin Owens and AJ again. No. This is it. If if AJ wins, that feud is over and Kevin Owens has to move on. Right. Could Kevin Owens be the guy who has been destroying the fashion files? He could, but I think actually Kevin Owens may get a promotion for SummerSlam. To what? John Cena? World title. Randy Orton? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. I thought that role might go to Baron Corbin, to be honest. Uh, but I guess if Shinsuke Nakamura takes care of Baron on this night, let's talk about that one. Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin, uh, singles match. Baron Corbin getting... You know, the continuing push of a lifetime for this guy, eventually being a main eventer on the show. Does Shinsuke lose a pay-per-view match? Because this, uh, this is a big singles match for both guys, really. Uh, Shinsuke has, he had the Dolph Ziggler singles matches. He had the money in the bank. But this is a primetime singles match that he has to win to continue his run to the SmackDown main event. But at the same time, Baron Corbin's been getting a lot of time. This one is... Isn't a toss-up, I don't believe. I think Shinsuke Nakamura is winning, but I would go 70-30. I don't think this is a a slam dunk by any means. Well, on SmackDown tonight, they teased a potential AJ-Shinsuke match for the U.S. title. Oh, I well, they're going to be teasing those two, I think, all the way to WrestleMania. Oh, do I you? think that's your match at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. I think it's Shinsuke and AJ. I thought it might and be at SummerSlam. I thought that might be oh, at SummerSlam. I, I, maybe you could. Um, with SummerSlam being in Brooklyn, bringing the New York market, I think you could do something like that. But I think, I, I don't know if I go that early. I think if you do Shinsuke and AJ and build it up strong enough, I mean, hell, we thought, I, I've been thinking this since last WrestleMania. Like, that's a match you do at WrestleMania. Just to reward the longtime fans of both guys, to reward the the New Japan pro wrestling fans, and because, let's face it, casuals would love this match too, I think, if you really put some time behind it. Oh, yeah. This could strike... Every fan no, at WrestleMania and be a big-time big time match. I think Shinsuke wins this match, but I think Baron Corbin gets a hell of a lot of offense to look good in the loss. And that's also why I think he he, he fights Ty Dillinger next is to get, get back a win of some kind yeah. and then go on his way. But I think—and I think and look, I, I thought tonight on the tag team match, I thought— Corbin is is letting Nakamura lay in on him a little bit, which is nice for the realism part of it. Um, it, it it's obvious that uh, that that Corbin wants to look good against Nakamura as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a nice little hard hitting match. But I think Nakamura wins. I think Nakamura wins. Uh, it would be cool if they do Nakamura AJ at SummerSlam. I just think that's too soon. A month-long build. I, I, people would get behind it, and people would love it. Um, I want them to be one of the featured matches at WrestleMania and not one of the 15 matches that are going to take place on a four-hour SummerSlam. That's all. I want them to be a big deal, because that would be a big one. Uh, we have uh, John Cena versus Rusev. A flag match. The Bulgarian flag versus the U.S. flag uh, Rusev went through that stretch with that with uh, Jack Swagger, where he was winning every single match. That ain't gonna happen with John Cena. 
John Cena's winning this one, and then what's next for him? Probably something on the Raw side. This... I, I, I don't know who on the Raw side. Maybe that's what's next for the Drifter. A big match with John Cena on SummerSlam. This whole feud is ridiculous, because Bulgaria is a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They're our ally. <laughs> yeah, right now. No one, No one's informed... Vince, that in 1989, all these Eastern European nations joined NATO to get protection from Russia. But because Lana was Russian and whatever. Um, yeah, no, this is the rah-rah, feel-good. John Cena pretends he's a Marine, salutes, comes down, beats up Rusev, waves a flag, la-di-da-di-da. Yeah, no, there, there, there's, there's nothing, there's no mystery about this match. And remember, John Cena is the bad guy in this promotion to is the he? match is he oh john cena is absolutely this guy is rah rah united states is great bring bring your tired weak masses to the u.s and then once they finally get here once rusev arrives <laughs> he just goes into stubborn american who stops every single dream rusev has a hard-working back in his place a hard-working immigrant like rusev coming yeah. to this country trying to get ahead much like that's right john cena yeah. stuffs him down Stuffs him down, crushes his dreams. He's pro-America when it fits, but when it comes down to it, he hates foreigners. Let's be real. John Cena hates foreigners. He's making WWE great again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, he's the bad guy in this program. Okay. But he he is probably going to win. He's going to capture the flag, if that is what actually happens in this match. He will capture that flag and bring victory to the United States of America. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Tamina, Lana. This is a five-way elimination, number one contendership match. The shot at Naomi. Oh, oh, you forgot about Naomi? Yeah, so has SmackDown because she's not in a match on this show yet. This is... The third straight pay-per-view where we had to worry about whether or not Naomi was going to get a match. Will they add something super last minute? Maybe. But you can't keep forgetting about Naomi. I understand Charlotte Flair is a star, and you think she's the biggest star in the division. You just can't ignore Naomi in the Women's Championship, or else that defeats the whole purpose. Like, we're paying attention to who might get a shot at the title versus who actually has the championship. This five-way elimination could be... One match in the women's division on this pay-per-view, but there has to be a second. And right now there's no second. And Naomi should be defending the championship on this show. Why not bring someone for the night? Give someone from the Raw side. Like if you're Daniel Bryan, the SmackDown GM, offer a one-day contract to come wrestle for the title. You know, because that's how confident you are in Naomi and the SmackDown women's division that you can beat someone from the Raw side or bring someone up from NXT. Why the hell does Naomi not have a match on this show? It's craziness. You're going to give Brizongo time for this fashion file thing and not put the women's championship on the show. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And Lana might win this elimination match. Yeah, she might. I mean, I've got it down to her or Charlotte. And I think it's Charlotte. I, I think, think it's be Charlotte, Charlotte and Naomi at SummerSlam, but but still, Lana has a shot. She's probably my second pick. It doesn't matter because in in the in the in the winner versus Naomi match, Carmella's cashing in and leaving with the belt. Naomi should be on this show. 
I agree. Carmella should be on the show. Carmella should be wrestling on the show, even if it's just a pre-show match. Carmella should have a singles match. And you know what? She should win it to give some legitimacy. I agree. To that SmackDown briefcase. I agree. I, this division has been a joke. You talked about it last week. You had your rant. This uh, You're absolutely right. This division is a joke right now. Oh, and that, it shouldn't be. Oh, that, that segment that they put in tonight was dreadful in so many ways. And especially it, it killed the... <laughs> The the forced ego of Charlotte dissing Becky Lynch wasn't earned, I thought. I, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I thought the match was pretty darn great, and I liked the aftermath with Charlotte being angry at Becky Lynch. Then it would have been earned, kind of, but, but, but saying, oh, she's not at my level. I mean, maybe that's just me seeing them on social media together too much. As opposed to just viewing the, the characters on TV in that vacuum, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I see Charlotte probably winning this, but I would not put it past them to have Lana sneak a win here. And, and, well, let, and the let, question me, is- let me ask you this, because I'm not sure about this either. Is Tamina going to protect Lana or right, is she going right. to throw a super kick at Lana at some point in this match? And that whole thing was just where she's where where she's protecting her from the other five, four who want a match with her just I to get her herself. It. I think he tease it that uh, she might uh, go in for it for herself. But uh, I could very much see that she's just protecting Lana in this one and trying to help her win. Okay. Maybe that's the direction they go with the storyline. Yeah. Although, I mean, because they never really, res- I mean, but they've resolved that. I mean, we've seen Naomi and Lana twice and it hasn't even been competitive once. So I don't know. The new day are winning the tag team titles back. Yes. Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. <laughs> I love that we just... Oh, yeah, we both agree. <laughs> Punjabi prison for the WWE Championship. Uh, Jinder Mahal has had the championship now for two months. Is the experiment over? I think so, because I think they want to build up Randy Orton going into SummerSlam. And they want that to be a bigger match. But I could also see them just putting the belt back on Randy at SummerSlam once and for all in like a no DQ and he takes out the Singh brothers again. I I, I, I really think the gender experiment should be over because they haven't progressed his character any in this. And it's, Now this is, uh, this is not something you can really do in a main event like big grudge clash for the world title. But one of these days I would just like to see something creative where like they're in a Punjabi prison or you have some type of cage match or whatever. And like Jinder Mahal escapes the Punjabi prison because like he knows about it and he studied it and he knows the history. But Randy Orton just somehow gets locked in the Punjabi prison and can't escape. He doesn't know the ins and outs and they're, and he's trapped. And like the pay-per-view goes off the air with him just being like, uh, help. How, how do I get out? And then, like, SmackDown opens, and he's still in the Punjabi prison in a different city, <laughs> in a different arena. Let me ask you this, because this is the way I'm thinking they're going to start the Jinder character or go down. When Jinder loses the title, be it here or be it at SummerSlam or whenever, is it going to be because of the Singh brothers and then he turns on the Singh brothers to finally turn babyface to be the hero to this $1.3 
it seems like we've talked about like will someone turn on their friend a lot tonight? Well, these are it turning seems like on we've the been stooges. A lot of this, that. Is, this is the turning on stooges stuff rather than because the whole point of putting the Singh brothers with Jinder was to make him look taller and to have mm-hmm. guys they could beat up. I mean, th- their whole yeah. point here is to eventually make Jinder the star, right? I mean, I suppose I don't know if that's the whole idea to make him a star, to make him a a regular main eventer. I don't know about a star. I, just, I he could be. Uh, I, I, don't I just know. think he could be Randy Orton for a while. I just think their whole vision for this being something that's big in India is just absolutely clueless in some way. Now, did you know that Jinder Mahal? Uh, tried to pass off that he has creative control yes, over his I character. Yes, I was told that today uh, in, yeah, the, in the other neighborhood. A, he told a newspaper or some type of media outlet in India that, yeah, I'm running the show when it comes to the Jinder Mahal character. That is a, uh, I believe that is a Hogan-esque um, uh, tall tale. I would not, uh, well, speaking of Hogan, how many of you were disappointed that Hulk Hogan was not Kurt Angle's illegitimate son? You mean out of, I know out, of, out, of out of the one of us on on the other uh, end of this mic or other people? Okay. Kevin Nash didn't show up. I I feel like <laughs> Kevin Nash was probably there backstage thinking he was going to be introduced, and then all of a sudden Jason Jordan and Kevin Nash is like, "Who's this?" You and your Kevin Nash fantasy. That's the funniest one to me. Mm, Kevin Nash just on the phone with his hand in his pocket. Waiting for the call. Can't believe it. Who can I? Can't believe it. Who can I sarcastically dismiss and just absolutely bury right now? Hmm. WWE Battleground on a scale of one to ten. How hyped are you? Four. Really? That's it. I. I mean, I'm. I'm hyped for certain matches, and the rest I kind of think are academic. I. I. You know. I mean, what am I? What. What should I be looking forward to that that you think you're, you're hyped for? You know what? I mean, I understand that for, you know, four to six range, you know, right average, like, okay, it's a show, there's interest in there, you know, that's not bad. Four is not awful. Like, it's not a two. What what strikes me about this show is if you were a kid, right, and and a WWE house show is coming your way, like, you really want to see WWE live, you might be really hyped to see the John Cena's and the AJ Styles. You don't really care who they're wrestling. Hold on. You don't really care who they're wrestling. You just want to see the names. And this show would be super great for you. But to me, it seems like there's a lot of guys on here that are really great, but I'm just bummed that the matches that they're in, the Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin match, the best one you have is AJ and Kevin Owens. Yes. I could, you, you could watch that many times. But no. John Cena and Rusev again, Rusev gets buried. Uh, Brizongo, what the hell are they doing? A five-way elimination match when you don't have the star of the division, Naomi, as the women's champion wrestling in the show. Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal, like, what type of matches are these? I want to see all these guys, but the card being shuffled up in different orders would have been so much better. That's what it is to me, is a show where you're excited about the guys who are wrestling, but not excited about the matches they're wrestling. I I think that in part, and I think the style in part as well. Um, I'm going to change my answer in some ways. Uh, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, eight or a nine. Rest of the card, four. All right. Well, I believe that averages out to a 4.3. Okay. Something like that. Battleground this Sunday. Uh, catch, shake them ropes next week as we discuss Battleground and all the other craziness that happens because we're on the road to SummerSlam. It's a month away, guys. 
It is a month away. It is happening soon. So we are close. Uh, Glow episode three. Hmm. What'd you like? I really liked the... uh... Up up until the point where he revealed that that all the characters were going to be uh, basically stereotypes, I liked Bash's just simplicity in his in his take on wrestling. Bash, the producer that they introduced this week, where where it's just you know where where the Mark Marin character is this screen. I can imagine Mark Marin being the 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 character kind of being oh. Not necessarily Lucha Underground staff, but but what Vince McMahon views himself as. I'm an auteur. I write these deep and compelling stories for <laughs> for wrestling. And of course, the the, fu- the punchline for me that cracked me up was that Marin's sc- character script is the most misogynist thing on the history <laughs> of the earth, with nothing but female genitalia symbolism all around for his vision of glow. I, I thought that was funny. Um, I, I still find the, the earnestness of the Allison Bree character sometimes not earned, but sometimes it's just absolutely perfect. I, I loved the, uh, the breakdown of her friend at the party. I love the robot with the drugs. That discovery oh, yeah. was the fan. drug robot. The drug robot was, was great. <laughs> They're uh, they're checking its insides for drugs once they run out of all the drugs. The the one line that that cracked me up that I don't know if it should have or not, but um, <laughs> when when Marin arrives at the party and and uh, and the Bree character and the Bash character are just staring, they go, "What are you guys tripping out?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, we're just staring at the sign." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I always like staring at a sign that tells you exactly what it is. It's just it's a neon sign that says neon." I just <laughs> for some reason that was great, but no, I, I enjoyed this episode not as much as two, but I liked the take on wrestling. I I liked that uh, <laughs> some of the character notes I found funny for some reason. Like like you're not going to be a heel. Look at that face. Smile, and then they turn her. They name her after a mountain in the Himalayas, which I don't. You know, the, the characters themselves were insulting, but they were supposed to be insulting. And uh, this is where I say Rob was right. Rob, mm. you were correct. Oh yeah. On the when you're watching, do you? Uh, I mean, uh, do you anticipate the end? Because the end was both perfect, and I was like, oh, oh wow, they ended it there. Great. No, mm-hmm. that was perfect. Yeah. No, this was that episode. I it think happens. you're probably hinting at, but that who are you? And Allison Brie has to get self aware and she just doesn't have the words or the concepts yet to be the homewrecker in a way that the homewrecker would be. So, but, uh, it was, it was a fun little, uh, fun little episode with still the same kind of cringe humor at times, but I think they fleshed out a lot more of the characters here. I think they get, I mean, some of them are remaining stagnant. I like, uh, I like that Cherry's angry that she's not getting any time speaking, even though she's doing all this training. Um, so the, mo- the montage was fantastic. I thought oh, yeah. that last <laughs> montage of like the Apple sisters or uh, it was it Kimmy and Rebecca, uh, who are both improvisers out here. They're, they're playing the old grandmas. I thought that was hilarious. And that's uh, we 
What's interesting here is most of these women are starting to get their characters. They're going to start getting their characters sooner, but Alison Bree still has to find herself. She doesn't know what she's doing yet. Yeah. So, and that goes much later than I expected, um, you know, because as we start seeing the characters, you start to see them develop. It really takes a while for Alison Bree's character. I mean, it it happens like we're still three or four episodes away. Yeah, uh, you I'm know, st- from seeing what she actually becomes. Yeah, I'm still uncertain as to whether or not the producer is sleazy or just kind of earnest, but over well, his head. And and it started in this episode here where the producer who you, you kind of start to see the motivations a little bit. It's weird. He lives alone with a butler dude mm-hmm. and he has this robot and he's and he always has, high on the time. And he has costume he parties. Wa- yeah. yeah, he has costumes. <laughs> Does he want to be a gorgeous lady of wrestling? Yeah starts to get into a little bit of that and you'll you'll really see once we get to the finale like uh okay. you start to see where all, all his motivations were no um, but and but I'm, yes, i really is... uh, i really am just madly in love with this with with the melrose character she just steals every scene she's in inadvertently when she got the whip to be the dominatrix that uh, just it, she's she's great and uh who's who's the british girl she's a singer from uh, the UK. Someone was asking me if I knew of her before this and but they seem The redhead? To, yeah, they seem to know Britannica? her. She's a, yeah, she she it's Kim something I think. She does she does stuff. I don't think she's famous. She's famous like, in the U- she's she's, she's UK famous. How about that? Uh the, if because you say the, so. Well, the British people who wrote me like I had a couple of people DM me and ask me ask if I knew her or or what did I think of her because apparently you know I might be cultural pride but apparently she's a bit of a big deal over there uh she she's is, all right her name is uh her and this uh, obviously is Kevin Nash's daughter her name is Kate Nash Kate Nash that's um, it she's an english singer songwriter right. and musician and actress so good for her she was named best british female artist at the 2008 brit awards um, and she is well known as Britannica on oh, Netflix series glow. Kia Stevens is great in this. She's great. She's fantastic. Karma. Uh, yeah, as, gets better. Yeah. As our friend Sean Ross Sapp says, uh, the WWE lost a real, real big opportunity in not booking a six person match with Naomi, Kia Stevens and Allison Brie on a team. I mean, we may still get that. We may still get something like that, but team. I don't necessarily think it's WWE's call. No. On on that team, at all. Team I, I wonder who would be tougher actually. I wonder if it would be tougher to get Kia than it would be Allison Bree at this point, really. And and not tougher because uh I, I just don't know if Kia wants to be there. Hell, she left on her own. Yeah. So you know, I I, I don't know. Um yeah, very interesting series. It's it keeps getting better, sir. I enjoyed this series a lot. So that's episode three of glow we'll talk more about uh, glow next week on shake them ropes catch jeff at crap game 13 on twitter catch the show and myself at shake them ropes follow us on twitter get us on itunes stitcher tune in radio and iHeartRadio. search shake them ropes on your favorite podcasting platform that is all for us this week jeff close us out ass baby in a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.